For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. We are talking busts on today's show. These players are being overdrafted and taken way too early. Let's go. G'day guys and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by HoopBall. My name is Mitch Casey and you can find me on Twitter at BallBoysNBA and you can also follow us on Instagram at BallBoysFantasyBasketball. As always, I am joined by the guru, Callum Mack. How you doing, man? Doing well, my man. Um, as you know, we just posted a nice sleeper vid, and yes. now we're uh, going into our busts, which I'm excited for. This one's a bit more fun. We can pay out some players. Yeah, we can, we can heap shit on a lot of players that we don't like and uh, explain why. But yes, like you said, we've dropped our sleeper video, so I'm sure that up in the uh, video somewhere, there'll be a link to that. If you haven't checked it out, please do so. Lots of good information there. But yes, talking busts today... Uh, we're breaking up, just like we've done the sleepers, into guards, forwards, and centers. Um, most of them we agree on. There's a couple in here that we might uh, have a bit of a discussion on and, and see how we go. Um, but let's let's get straight on into it. Let's let's start with the guards. We've got, we're just going to group them all through together. There's about six of these guys here that stand out to me in the bus. Uh, again, going through Yahoo rankings as the guide for us. Um, listen to our sleeper video. We explained why. We think it's the most accurate ranking boards out there um, and also probably the most popular site. So that's why we're using the Yahoo rankings. But let's start with Westbrook. Uh, Russell Westbrook, that is, at 17. Tyrese Halliburton at 49. We'll talk about that one. Ja Moran at 51. Spencer Dinwiddie at 72. Jordan Clarkson at 87. And then, of course, John Wall at 109 is a pretty obvious one there. But let's start with Russell Westbrook. Um, Look, I don't think Russell Westbrook's a second-round player. I know you're higher than on higher on Westbrook than I am, but I'd even think that you don't think he's a second-round player um, this year. Am I correct in assuming that? I would classify him as a third-round player. Okay, yes. So that pushes him outside the top 24. Um, and at pick 17, there's just way too much risk. He's on the team with LeBron James now, with Anthony Davis. He's, he's getting older. He's someone who... Just tanks both percentages. His turnovers are high. He doesn't shoot threes. Uh, I just think there's way too much downside for taking Westbrook at 17. We saw how shitty he was at the start of last season. He Yes, he did turn it off at the end of last year, but I don't see that happening this year on the Lakers. Uh, would you agree with that assessment for Westbrook? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's definitely going to be worse than last season. Um, I'll point out some stats. As we know, Washington, they closed out the season really well. Yes. Um, and a lot of that was on Westbrook. He was putting up 38 minutes a game. He was amazing. Yeah, he was amazing uh, second half last year. I'll give him credit. 
23 points, pretty much 23, 13 and a half, 13 and a half, one and a half steals. Outrageous numbers. Yes. Um, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, he would not be putting up those kind of numbers. No. That's I think that's what it does come down to. Even with this amplified amount of um, stats that he did average for the course of last season, even in a punt field goal and turnover build, which I feel like is probably a more common one you do do with Russell Westbrook, he was the 18th ranked player, which is still worse than 17, where he is currently forecasted. Yeah. So I don't really, no value. it doesn't really make a whole, a whole lot of sense for me. Yeah, no value. And that's that's on last year's numbers, which I um, am anticipating are going to go down. So um, not interested in taking Westbrook in round two. I'm not so interested in taking him in round three either. Maybe you might talk to me at the end of the round, but um, yeah, not, not a big fan of Russell or Westbrook. Let's talk about Tyrese Halliburton now. You wanted to put this one in here. I, I'm not so keen on here, but I can see a little bit. I think he's slightly too high. I don't know if it's high enough to call him a bust, but uh, at rank 49, tell me why you're you're not so keen on Tyrese Halliburton. I just think there's a few question marks there. Like, yeah, look, second year, he only put up 13, you know, three, five. Look, the five assists are nice. 1.3 steals are pretty good. Um, field goal is okay, but I, there's, look, nothing really screams at you yeah. for a someone who's like a 50th ranked guy, like 49. I don't think he's quite there. Um, yeah, look, you could have a um, the debate that, yeah, he's going to take a step up one more year under his belt. But you could also say you got off right there. He's going to steal some minutes. They got three really good young guards there. They need to get minutes to um, Fox actually sneaky. Um, did miss a few games last season, uh, which is, should be noted. I think only it was in the forties. So Halliburton to some degree probably did make the, that's how he got the five assists um, yeah. by running the point guard a bit more. So I'm not – I just I don't want to take him inside the 50. I, I just think that's too high. Look, fair enough. I, I, I think, look, like I said, I'd have him a little bit further back. Um, probably not enough to call him a quote-unquote bust or overvalued, but I do see him taking a step forward. He was the uh, – what was he? The 70th-ranked player on a eight-category uh, basis last year. Um, he is a player that benefits a lot with low turnovers. He's probably more of a roto player for that reason. I think he's um, this is probably his ranking for a rotisserie league. Um, but yeah, in a head-to-head league, he's kind of just that average in everything, maybe a little bit higher in assists and steals. But outside of that, yeah, it's, it's nothing too exciting. Um, so I can, I can see the reason why you're less than enthusiastic and taking him inside the top 50 uh, when there are other players that you probably would have higher than him. Let's go on to the next guy who um, I think he, a lot of people are hot and cold on this guy, and I'm on the cold side just from a fantasy perspective. I think he's a great player. I actually really like him as a basketball player. I think he's a much better real-life player than fantasy. But he is someone who um, doesn't get assists. He doesn't get steals. Um, his percentages are quite poor, high turnovers. Jar Morant at 51. What are, you, what are your thoughts for him at this position here? Yeah, look, I still, um, and look, to Halliburton before, I'd probably still want him on my team, even though the, look, the fantasy stats, he has to fit a certain build. Uh, I think if you get him, you do have to really make sure you cater for it. But he's still going to put up, you know, close to 20 points a game. Um, he's going to get you seven and a half assists. You'd like to say that a steal has come up. Maybe it does. Uh, that kind of has been a bit of a letdown for the guard position. Yeah. Three throw percentage has been pretty pretty average as well. But look, if you're putting three throws and you need some assists, he's a huge win for you yeah. in terms of a guard. So there definitely is, I can, there can be some value there. Um, the 50, I'm not, I'm not too ha- I'm not too mad on the 50. I think you're um, a bit off him than as opposed to myself. Yeah. Well, let me throw some other guys who are around this rank that if you punt free throw percentage, take a bit of a build. Uh, would you rather Darren Fox or Jar Morant? 
because Morant is ranked ahead of Jaron Fox. And um, spoilers <laughs> if you haven't seen our sleepers video, but John, uh, sorry, Jaron Fox is on that video. Another player, uh, Ben Simmons, who is ranked, I think, what was he, in the uh, 60s. I would much rather have Ben Simmons in that punt free throw scenario. So I think that there are, even in his own build that works better for him, there are still several players later than him that I like much more than, than John Moran. But but you're right. In that situation, if you guys if you've got guys in your draft that are taking those Foxes and Ben Simmons earlier, which we think they should go, then John Morant is is better in that situation. And I do expect him to take a jump up, but just he does have some deficiencies in his game. Uh, but in a points league, in a points league, I think this might even be a bit too low. Like he might be much better in a points league. So if you are uh, in that type of league, I would be I would have no hesitation taking him inside the top forty, top forty five. Um, yeah, definitely he gets a boost in that type of format. Let's talk about Spencer Dinwiddie over at the Washington Wizards. Uh, ranked 72. Yes, he, he kind of falls into the same kind of trap. A lot of these guys are pretty similar in terms of Jar Morant, Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, Westbrook is a bit similar. Poor percentages, uh, low sort of steals and blocks and rebounds and things like that. Just a bit empty with their stat lines. Um, are you, do you agree with me with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie being a bit of a bust at 72? Yeah, I don't understand why he's so high. I really don't get it. Maybe it's because, like, Washington have a pretty crazy offense. Is that the argument? But still, 72 is just incredibly high for me. Even when he was putting up, um, like, his best season at Brooklyn in the 1920 season, he put up 20 points and 6.8 assists. But that was really it. Like, the threes weren't even that good. It was less than two rebounds, three and a half. Field goal was shocking at 41%. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Um, he was ranked outside the top 100 in that season, if I remember correctly. He was ranked at 154. Yeah, 150. He was ranked as... Um, like you get him for the points and the assists, but like everything else is not good. He's yeah. he's not really a net plus on your team. Yeah. And and to come off like an ACL, I think that's what yeah. it was. It was a knee injury. Partial ACL. Like this jump to 72 just doesn't make any sense for me at all. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I'm not sure how cautious they're going to be in terms of resting him in back-to-backs. Uh, the, the Wizards don't strike me as a super cautious team, um, but in saying that, like even if he's completely healthy, like, like you said, his best season when he was putting up 20 and 6, he was still ranked outside the top 150. So that tells you all you need to know about Spencer Dinwiddie, and I don't think I would be drafting him inside the top 100. Around 100, I'd be happy to take a flyer because, you know, 20 points and 6 assists is very very valuable, and it's hard to find. But there's so many other things that, um, you know, cause his value to drop. And on different punt builds, his value will, will go up and down, but I don't think there's any need to draft him this high. Let's talk about Geordie Clarkson, uh, ranked at 87 on Yahoo!, Yes, he is a great six-man, but again, similar to these other guys, points and threes, very little else outside of that. And in terms of um, getting good stats, threes are the easiest stat to come by. You could you could draft, say, a Tyler Hero, who uh, we might be talking on another video, 100 spots later, and they're going to give you a pretty similar output to what Jordan Clarkson is at 87. Um, so I don't understand that one at all, really. Yeah, I don't know what we're thinking here at all. Um, he was ranked 105th for the season last um, last time around, and it's yeah. really just points that you're getting and the threes. Yeah, like that's really it. the field goal is pretty bad. How's he getting um, 20 spots better? How how is that happening? Yeah, I, I have no idea. And like he's still coming off the bench. It's not like he's secured a starting role. Yep. So it's going to be similar to last season. He won the sixth man. I feel like he hit his ceiling. That's yeah. what he's made to do. Yep. he's not going to get any better. Yeah, that's that's what Jordan Clarkson is, and uh, yeah, like you said, I don't see much upside there. In fact, all I see is at least twenty spots of downside, uh, maybe even more if he comes back from la- what he was last year. 
And this last one, it's a pretty obvious one. We've all heard the news, or hopefully, if you haven't heard the news, well, the news is John Wall will not be playing for the Houston Rockets until he gets traded. Um, just a little hint, Houston, that's not going to happen. No one wants John Wall and that 40-plus million contract, um, or he's bought out and goes to another team. So I don't think John Wall's going to be playing this year, maybe the entire season until the buyouts, and even then, where does he go? He's kind of aging anyway. The knees are always an issue. His fantasy game is nowhere near what it was. Uh, I'm just not drafting John Wall in any leagues this year. I, d- I don't think he can. Would you agree? Yeah, the percentages are pretty bad. He's worth a flyer um, towards the end, uh, just like a last pick. But but even then, he's probably not going to play, and that's the, the shit thing. I just don't know how this whole Houston situation is going to end. Um, so it, it's it's a bit of a gamble. And even then, what's he going to give you? He shot 40% from the field, um, pretty bad three throw percentage. Um, you don't know what team he's going to end up as. Yeah. Maybe he's going to be coming off the bench. Like, you just have no idea. You've got no idea. The only point, the only like reason I would draft him is if it's like the last pick in a Roto League because basically you can just store him on your bench and if you've got those um, games, played limits, then you just basically just hold him there, see what happens. If you need to use your bench players, then you drop him and grab someone else. But in a category league, when you're cycling through all those bench players and you're trying to stream and all those things, he's just a waste of a roster spot. So at 109, you've still got in a normal draft, you've still got like 40 picks after that. Um, so you, you just, you're just pissing away a pick, basically. I just don't think there's, there's any need to draft John Wall at any point there. Let's go on to the forwards. And... I want to pump the brakes on everyone's favorite player this this preseason. It's uh it's Michael Porter Jr. is um our first bust for the forwards here at rank twenty two on Yahoo. I think we're all getting a bit ahead of ourselves. We're all getting very excited. I love Michael Porter Jr. I had him on my team last year. I was all aboard the hype train then when he was at pick sixty, pick fifty five, but at pick twenty two, we're expecting a lot from him. I'm worried about the percentages. I'm worried about the efficiency dropping with more usage coming his way. He doesn't get assists. He doesn't get steals. His free throw percentage is under 80%. Um, He's someone who benefits from low turnovers in terms of his ranking, which I don't really care about. Um, So there's a few reasons why I think that for a second-round pick, if he's the second player you're drafting, I think think you're reaching a bit too early. What are your thoughts on uh, MPJ? Yeah, I don't know what Yahoo was thinking here. He's not a second round pick. Come on. A lot of people are getting pretty excited. I've seen I've seen a few industry mock drafts where he has been taken inside the second round, and and I just, I just can't get behind it. Nor can I. Like I guess he is to some degree pretty positive outside of the assists and the steals. If if but you I mean, punt if you punt assists and you punt steals, which are two categories you can can do. Say you get a uh, Embiid or a Davis. I, I I like him on your team, but I'm just I'm just not willing to go that high. I wanted to get him in. I wanted to get him in the third round at the end of the sort of the late twenties, early oh, not probably not even late twenties, like the thirties, like round, after pick thirty, I'd be happy to draft uh, MPJ. But I just think that yeah, there's a lot of other better players I'd rather draft. Yeah, like I definitely would not take him inside the top thirty. I, I even think like in around the yeah thirty to forty makes a bit of sense, but he still has to fit your build um, to yeah. some degree too. Field goal is awesome. I will say that. Um, I'm looking at the stats pretty much after the All-Star break when Jamal Murray had his... Um, the, he did that really late in the season, to, to be fair, so yeah. maybe these stats will go up a bit. But, you know, 22 a game, seven assists. Um, seven rebounds. And 55% from the field. His free throw percentage is really good too, but he only shot 2.3 a game, so it's, you're not really making a whole lot of benefit there. It just doesn't really hurt you. 
Yeah, I, I, I just think I'm, I'm super worried about those, those percentages going down because even if he, like, even if he increases his scoring, he goes from like 19 points, to like 23 points a game, but he decreases that percentages by, uh, I don't know, like two or three percent. That's a huge hit. That's a huge hit on his value because, um, yeah, that that was one of the big reasons why he ranks so hard because he is so efficient and he's going to be the number two scorer there and I'm, I'm worried that that's going to cause a decrease and and players are going to be switched on to him now they're not going to have to guard Jamal Murray they're not going to you know obviously he's going to be the second guy their number one perimeter scorer on that team um, and I'm just I just think that the way the rankings kind of work out he's, he's not going to rank uh, as much improvement as we are projecting into him this year but I'm a big Michael Bajuna fan. I actually really like him. I was the guy who said that he's going to be the second best player on this team. Um, you know, when Jamal Murray was dropping 50 in the playoffs. I was that guy. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. But I think we're just getting a bit too ahead of ourselves uh, in fantasy for this year. Let's talk about the next three guys on the Ford's bus list. We've got DeMar DeRozan, Chris Boucher, and Thaddeus Young. Let's talk about DeMar at 52. I think that he was one of the biggest losers this offseason in free agency going over to Chicago. Um, I had a debate with Josh Lloyd again over on his channel um, saying that I I would rather take a player like uh, Isaiah Stewart over him. Um, I think he is going to drop fairly significantly in rankings because his usage, he's going from the number one um, usage player in uh, San Antonio to potentially the number three in Chicago. And his game is completely built on usage with no threes, no steals, no blocks. Um, so I think he's going to take a big drop off this year. What are your thoughts on Demar Derozan? Yep, I mean, look at, at his overall value. He was only the fifty-sixth ranked guy, um, and he's ranked fifty-two. If you were putting threes, and this is a based off of last year's stats, which as you touched on, should come down. He's sharing the court with Zach Levine. He's got Lonzo Ball there. He's got Vucevic. He's very much going to be a two-a, two-b on the offensive end. Um, so I, I just don't, I'm not super confident in what he really can produce. Um, let's yeah. see what he comes up as. He, the 56, that doesn't work. Um, so yeah, he was, he was the 50th ranked player in a punt turnover build last year. So to basically have him at the same spot when he's gone from uh, San Antonio to Chicago, I just think that that, yeah, that's not going to be happening. Um, I can see him averaging less than 20 points a game. The assists dropping down closer to five, more than like 6.9 than they were. Rebounds probably going to be the same at about four. And then, like I said, he just offers nothing outside of that. And even when he's such a big, he's such a big free throw um, guy because he takes seven attempts a game, that's going to drop down. He's not going to take as many attempts. Um, he's a positive field goal percentage guy from the wing position at 49.5, close to 50%. Um, and obviously when the attempts come down, the impact of that comes down as well. So he's got four categories that I think he's going to drop in, and when he doesn't have the other goodies that don't rely on usage and um, having the ball in his hands, I don't think there's enough to salvage his value there. So, so on punt threes, he was actually, that so finally came up after glitching out. 27 was his rank. Okay. Um, but that's with seven assists per game. He's yeah. not getting seven assists per game. That's definitely not happening. Yeah. He's not averaging seven three throws a game uh, because Zach Levine will be closing the games for him a bit. Yeah. And you've got Vucevic there too. So all, everything's going to come down. I just don't really... For a punt threes, like, yes, you could start to look at him at that range, but I'd still even, you know, hold off a bit. That's yeah. the only reason I think... It's the only build he really does properly fit. Yeah. It, it is the only build there. And even then you've got guys close to that kind of range. Like even DeJounte Murray is kind of going close to that in drafts. And I think you'd much rather have him than a DeMar DeRozan. Let's talk about Chris Boucher. Again, another guy I had last year who was all aboard the hype. We were saying he's going to be, he's going to be a big late round guy. He ended up being 
He ended up being really good, but frustrating throughout the year. And I think that frustration is going to be here this year. And at pick 68, you've just got so much downside. There's so much to lose, so much risk, that it's just not worth it for a player like Chris Boucher. He's definitely more of those guys I'd much rather just take a swing at in the late rounds. If it doesn't work out, then fuck it, you just drop him. But yeah, 68, it's just, it's just too much risk uh, for his minutes there. What are your thoughts on uh, Chrissy Boucher? Yeah, look, I was never really in on Chrissy Boucher. Yeah. I'm 100% out now. I don't even want to draft him. I don't even Oh, I wouldn't say that. Minutes. I don't even know how many minutes he's going to get. you got Scotty Barnes that stepped in. He apparently can play small ball center. you got Precious Atua to play small ball center. Yeah. Um, you got Ken Birch, who they signed, who might be their starting center, who's going to get minutes as well. Yeah. I just don't see where these minutes are going to Chris Boucher. He was kind of like, they had no centers last season. They kind of had to play him. The coach didn't even like him. The coach, no, that coach hates still him. doesn't like him, yeah. and now they have better centers. So I don't really understand what we're doing here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't understand it either. Uh, look, he doesn't need a huge amount of minutes to put up stats. Like he, he can put up stats in twenty-four minutes a night, but it's just a roller coaster, and especially in head-to-head leagues. When, like, say you, you're going into the, your fantasy basketball playoffs, and you've got to win this week, and you're relying on Chris Boucher, and then Nick Nurse puts him out there for nine minutes. It's just like, it's such a buzz kill. And yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll get you five points and five rebounds. He'll do that. Awesome. Cool. But like, yeah, at 68, you're relying on him to put, give you value. Like, it's a different story when you're picking him outside the 140s. Um, but at this point, it's just, it's just way too high. And the last one here, Thaddeus Young. Do you think that Thaddeus Young plays a game for the Spurs? Like, what's, what's going on here? Apparently, they haven't announced his signing yet. Uh, there's rumors out there that he's going to be traded or he wants to be bought out. Um, I, there's there's just so many reasons why I don't think that they should be playing Thaddeus Young. And I don't think that, yeah, he's going to be prioritized and he potentially won't be on this team uh, in, a, in a few months' time. Well, I hadn't heard those rumors, so that's news to me. That definitely would make me a lot more hesitant. Yeah. Um, his rank at 100, I thought, was kind of okay. But if, if that's the case, then um, he definitely could be a bust. If he goes to a contender... He might only be playing, you know, minutes in the teens just to try and get a chip. So that's definitely a risk. I can see him playing for the Spurs, though. I don't know what the negotiations are like, yeah. but I can see him playing. If he does play, he'd fill in that kind of Rudy Gay role. Um, and Rudy Gay, on a week-to-week basis, was around this, the 100 rank. He'd have some off weeks, have uh, some good ones. But, uh, but he look, he could get assists a bit more than Rudy, though. Which he's, he's a better fantasy producer than Rudy Gay. There's no question. Um, like, if, if he is playing, like, the, the rank 100 is not, not horrible, but I just, there's so many downside and risks and, like, things and red flags with, with this team. Like, I think they want to lean young. They want to play Keldon Johnson. They want to play Devin Vassell. You know, they want to they give these young guys a go. Um, so I just I don't think that there's much enthusiasm from a Thaddeus Young to be playing with this team. If if you see him in the preseason and he looks engaged and he's playing hard and you know that's that's what's going on, then sure maybe you can take him. Even still, I think it's a bit high because there are still some better players at rank 100 that I think have long term full season value. Uh, whereas um, Thaddeus Young, I can definitely see dropping off the second half of last year, of this year, even if he is on the Spurs. But with the rumors, yeah, I'm, I'm not not too keen. Let's, uh, let's move on to some centers, the big guys. Um, another one who might be a little bit controversial for some out there. I'm seeing him go even higher than this in some drafts with John Wall now not being on the team, and that's Christian Wood at rank 35. Um, what are your thoughts on Christian Wood here, Cal? I, I know I'm, I think I might be in the majority, uh, sorry, the minority in the fact that I wouldn't be taking him inside the top 40, maybe even the top 45. What, what are your thoughts on, the, on Christian? I think 45 is where he um he should probably land. 
But yeah, the whole Houston situation is a bit interesting. They're going for youth. Is he in the trade market? Is he not? Um, he's he put up 21 points, you know, nine and a half rebounds. Pretty good stats for a big man. Pretty good field goal as well, 51% from the field. Uh, his free throw percentage is bad, and he shoots. He shot about five a game, so that actually really did hurt you at 63%, which you probably do consider. But I feel like the usage won't go through him as much. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. I think there's gone there young guys. They don't really even really have a proper point guard as they have um, Kevin Porter Jr. running the point. they got Jalen Green, who they're going to give a lot of minutes, going to definitely give him the green light. you got yeah. a couple of rookies, both of which are big men, who they also want to give minutes to. Um, so I'm just not completely sold. Um, so that's why I would ease off the um, th- 35 rank is a bit high for me. Yeah, I think like that's your third pick. Like that's your third player you're building around. So he's one of your cor- like key cornerstone pieces for your for your team. And I just I'm not confident with him. I'm not confident with the role that he's going to have down the stretch. Um, you and I are both big um, Sengun fans. I think that Sengun's going to be getting heavy minutes at the back half of the season, which is when you want someone like a Christian Wood to be carrying you home into the fantasy playoffs. And I'm just not confident he's going to be doing that. Um, they've got Daniel Tice there. They've got Garuba there. They've got more players there than they did last year when it was really only Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins. Those were the only two bigs on this roster. Um, and even in the second half of last year, when a player like Kelly Olynyk came into the situation, if you look at his post-All-Star um, numbers, Christian Wood's numbers all dropped. He dropped in points. He dropped in rebounds. He dropped in blocks and percentages, field goal and free throws. So... There was a lot going wrong for Christian Wood last year, and I just don't think he's part of this team's plans down the line. So I'm, I'm a little bit down on Christian Wood. Let's talk about a few of the other guys. I'll name them through, then we'll go through them. Jonas Valanciunas at 47, Robert Williams at 48, Mitchie Robinson at 70, Evan Mobley at 83, and Andre Drummond at 99. Talk to me about Jonas Valanciunas. Not a massive bust here, but just a little bit, little bit higher than I would want to take him. Would you, would you agree with this one? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, on a night-to-night basis, he was, you know, arguably the best player for Memphis last season. But now he's showing the court with Zion. Zion is going to be obviously the number one option. Um, I don't even know who the. I guess look, you have Ingram, Ingram at the number two option as yeah. well. I don't know what kind of plays they run for him. I don't even know what the fits like yet. So there's a lot of question marks. And for someone as high as 47, um, I just I don't quite see it. The 12 and a half rebounds were very much an anomaly um, yeah. in terms of his previous seasons. It's pretty good. And and with Zion there, and look, I just don't know if um, I, just, I, I have to say that it's all going to come down a bit. Who would you rather? Would you rather Jonas Valanciunas or would you rather Isaiah Stewart? Um, like in a playoff series or? No, like, <laughs> on your fantasy in, team. In a fantasy point of view. Yeah. I'd probably... I probably would go. Look, that's a tough one, actually, because Jonas can get you. He can get you two assists a game. Ah, uh, oh, two assists. I probably would go JV. Um, okay, but it's close. It's, it, it's a, well, there you go. Well, there's 20 rankings difference in terms of those guys. So um, the fact that they're pretty close, I think that that means that Valanciunas is a bit too high for me. Like I said, of of these guys, I think it's not the worst one. I don't think it's horrible, but I just. It's not very exciting. I think there's better ways you can go with with JV, um, you know, inside the top 50. Um, let's talk about Robert Williams. This one, again, we talked about in the um, the guards, Tyrus Halliburton is one that I might disagree with a little bit. This one here, I'm unsure about how I, fe- how I feel because at the start of the season, he was at rank 100 and I was getting ready to just slam the, the sleeper button and then he came right into rank 45. So, um, look, he's a permanent monster. If he 
gets the minutes, he's going to smash this. But the question is, is he going to get the minutes? Um, it's, there's a lot to play out left in preseason. Are you just thinking that he's going to be a backup and you're not confident enough to, to sort of plug him in at this spot in the draft, which is, you know, your fourth round pick uh, at, you know, pick 58, uh, sorry, 48 here. Yeah, look, I really just don't want him um, in this range. I think 48 is just way too high. Look, if he fits your build, if you're putting points, then yeah, I, I guess you could consider it because he gets you rebounds. Even his assists, he puts up points pretty game good. Yeah. with like a steal and, you know, 1.8 blocks. The field goes crazy, <laughs> over 70%. Um, yeah. But that's probably the only world I could even imagine you considering at 48 is if you're yeah. punting points. So I, I, I would definitely ease off a bit. Al Horford's there. He could start. Um, the thing is, he still does produce in a backup role. So yeah. if he puts 20 minutes up per game, he will produce. Um, it's just, I just, I think that's too high for him. There is a lot of risk because, like, as we know with those block guys, if they get a lot of blocks, sure, it's great, but it's a low-volume stat, so it could easily go from, like, you know, what did he put up, like 2.1 in 19 minutes. Like, that could drop if he gets more minutes. You know, the case in point with a Mitchell Robinson, if, like, Mitchell Robinson last year got more minutes, but he got fewer blocks because he's not swatting the ball as much, his foul rate has dropped, so I can see something similar with um, Robert Williams happening. In saying that, Robert Williams, I think, is a much better player than um, Mitchell Robson. His passing is a lot better. Um, I, I think he's probably obviously less of a... He's probably a better scorer than Mitchell Robinson. Um, so I, I do like him a little bit more. Steals are probably a bit more consistent. But there is that downside. And I, I do kind of agree that we've gone a little bit too far on the hype here. Um in saying that, though, I probably would rather him than a Valanciunas, just. But I think Robert Williams, Valanciunas, and Stewart are all pretty close together in that sort of tier for me. So um, I, I would have them there. Robert Williams obviously has the highest upside of these guys, but I need to see the minutes in the preseason and how that roster is going to shake up before I'm willing to go this high. But if we see him, say we see him starting, this is. This is a great spot to get him. He might even need to go higher than this, but we just don't know just yet. Um, and there are reasons to be skeptical. Let's talk about Mitchie Robinson at ranked 70. I just think this is way too high. He is someone who I don't think is a great basketball player. Um, I, you know, He gives you blocks, he gives you field goal percentage, he gives you some rebounds, and that's about it. I'm worried about Nerlens Noel taking some minutes off him. And I just think that when you're tied to three categories and of those categories, one of them is blocks and it's such a low variance, sorry, such a high variance stat on a weekly head-to-head category league, it's it's hard to trust a player like Mitchie Robinson. And I would much rather your Isaiah Stewart's, your Jakob Pertles, your all these other guys who are around this kind of spot uh, than a Mitchell Robinson. What, what are your thoughts on Mitchie Rob? Yeah, I'm looking at stats. It's weird um, because the past three seasons, he went from 2.4 blocks down to two blocks and then down to one and a half. And every year, his minutes has just gone up. Yeah. So it, it's a weird one. I feel like that's why there's so many, much hype around him in previous years. It's like, oh, he's going to kill it in blocks. But yeah. he kind of realized he's just getting fouled and he got fouled out. So he just doesn't really do that for you anymore. So I, I do think this is too high. Um, his ceiling was the block guy and... I feel like that's come down a bit. Seventy, yeah, seventy is just definitely too high for me. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be much more willing to take him around the pick a hundred sort of spot there. Um, and and again, it's only in a certain kind of need, like because he's he's a very niche kind of player. Like if you don't need field goal percentage and blocks, like you literally don't draft Mitchell Robinson because that's all he gives you. Um, if you do need those things, then sure, you you grab him. But 
He, he does fill a very specific uh, need in fantasy. Let's talk about the rookie Evan Mobley at 83. I would have had him here before a few confusing signings with Markinen and um, they gave the extension to, uh, who was it, uh, Jarrett Allen as well. There's just a few things that are giving me some red flags for this season in Evan Mobley at 83. I'd rather take him outside the top 100 as a bit more of a flyer because I see some downside at this ranking here. Are you in agreement with Evan Mobley being too high at 83? Yeah, I think he is. I, I just not too sure what the minutes pan out to be. They're actually really deep at the um, power four position. Yeah, maybe we could see him play a bit of the three. That's totally possible. But uh, if that happens, his eh. blocks probably will come down, which is why I feel like you do draft this guy. You yeah. get him for the blocks, and yeah. um, the minutes being a question mark, he's still pretty raw. I'm, I'm not too sure if this will pay dividends. Well, I think he's a center. I think he's he's a center in the NBA in my eyes. But obviously, they've paid Jared Allen a huge contract extension. So they they definitely at least want to get those two playing together. They overpaid for Larry Markkinen. So the money would suggest that Markkinen's going to get the minutes at the four. So it sounds like Evan Mobley is going to start on the bench this season. Whether or not he cracks the lineup later in the season, I don't know. We don't necessarily know how good he is going to be in limited minutes. He's a rookie. There's just too many red flags here for me to take a top 100 pick here. Um, I would much rather wait. And the lesson I learned last year with um, Wiseman is that not, not all these big guys are going to come up and, and start smashing the NBA. They might take a little bit of time. And the last one, which is just absolutely ridiculous, Andre Drummond at pick 99. What are we doing here, guys? He's a backup. He's a, he's a backup. Where is he even playing? He's playing at Philadelphia now. Is that right? Behind? Well, yeah, so he's backing up Joel Embiid. So if you see Joel Embiid go down with an injury, sure. pick this man up off the wave wire, go for him. But outside of that, he uh, probably shouldn't be owned until um, until yep. that happens, right? He's, he's a backup. He's going to be under 20 minutes a game or at about 20 minutes a game. Not even. Like Joel Embiid's playing, what, 34 minutes a night? So he's playing, what, yeah. 14 minutes, I'd say? And there's no way they're playing those two together. Yeah. You can't do that. No, 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 no. You're not doing that at all. Um, like you said, he's an immediate pickup if, if Embiid goes down because he's going to give you big numbers in limited minutes. But you just can't draft a player inside the top 100. Like, sure, take him with your last pick if you really need some blocks and rebounds and decent field goal percentage. But it's just, yeah, just no. Just no Yahoo. All right. Well, that'll do us for us today, guys. If you have any comments, you agree, disagree, if you um, love some of the players that we throw shade on today, please let us know. Uh, like the video anyway, guys. Keep the discussion going. We love talking fantasy hoops. Um, let us know how you go in your fantasy draft. If you, th- if you want us to rate your team or anything like that, always happy to do that. Follow us on Twitter at BallBoysNBA. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and we will catch you guys next time. See you later, guys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.